Good evening, everybody. How's everyone doing? I'm so excited again to uh, see everyone live. You know what I'm trying to do um, uh, for the Jeff Troyer show. Welcome, welcome, welcome as everybody's coming in. And I'm so excited about my my um, my my guest, Miss, uh, Mr. Uh, Garrett Drew Ellis. And we're going to, before we bring him in, let's do our intro and then we'll be back with Mr. Ellis. We'll be right back. Oops, wrong one. I'm tacky. everybody let me take these off because i can't because i did it to me the other day um it was giving me some weird looking stuff hey everybody welcome back to the just troya show um uh the good grief healing center we're so excited um to to be here uh kudos shouts out to um the the the, the amazing men at bbs uh, radio um listen do me a favor like and share um, and if you can like and share this video, either on we're Facebook Live, we're on Twitter, and we're on YouTube right now, as well as um, we'll be um, this will be on BBS Radio, um, and we're excited about that. So yay! I am so excited to introduce um, my my guest for tonight, um, amazing man, a, a father, excuse me, husband. His wife is amazing too. I got to get her on the show. But anyway, we're here to talk about him. <laughs> and his name is Mr. Drew, I mean, excuse me, Garrett Drew Ellis. What's going on, my brother? Hello, everyone. So good to be here and so, on the Just Troya show. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for coming on. Listen, this is an amazing man. Um, I never heard of the thing that he, oh, wait, I messed up. Let's, you know, we forgot to pray. So let me do that. Um, <laughs> uh, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for just another day. We thank you for this show. We thank you for everyone that's listening, everyone that's going to come on. God, we just thank you right now for just who you are. We thank you for this opportunity tonight to speak with Drew. Remove both of us and you stand up boldly so that someone will get something out of this tonight and someone will begin their journey to healing. We thank you. We love you, honor you, bless you, all these things we say in your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, <laughs> Mr. Yes. Drew, I'm going to let Mr. Drew talk, tell you about himself. Um, but uh, yeah, Drew, before we get into what you do, tell everybody mm -hmm. who you are. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yes, my name is Gary Drew Ellis, um, originally from Connect uh, Norwalk, Connecticut. So I like to consider myself a Yankee. <laughs> but um, I, me and my wife, Diana, we have been in Lancaster. Um, county for gosh um 
16, 17 years now, something like that. I can't long. believe it's, wow. yeah, it's for a long time. I'm aging myself. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so we have four children, um, a house full of teenagers right now. Keep that in prayer. <laughs> um, but we are well, we are well. Um, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a man who loves people, loves serving people, loves taking care of people. And, um, and I'm a lover of words. So it's, yeah, I'm just happy to be on the show doing doing what I've been called to do. So thank you. Yes. So um, Drew, Drew is, we were supposed to, we were supposed to connect like a while back, right? Yeah. He has, he's an That's author. Right. He, um, but he's here now. So I'm really excited about that. But Drew is, <laughs> yeah. um, we've heard of doulas, a friend of mine, as a matter of fact, a good friend of mine from, from, um, from high school. Um, she's a, she's a, a doula when it comes to birthing, but I have never, ever, 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 in my life, yeah. <laughs> heard yeah. of a doula before mm-hmm. until until I met you. So yeah. tell us a little because I, I heard the and he was one of our presenters at the um, Expressions of Grief conference um, last couple weeks ago. Oh my god, mm-hmm. it was amazing. He was amazing. Yes. He was one of our panelists, and okay. so I learned more about his backstory. So uh, tell them. Tell our audience, the people that are listening, um, what it how did you get here? How did you get to the the doula world? Yeah, th- definitely. Yeah, every time um yeah, whenever people hear uh death doula or end of life doula, they um I've gotten all types of <laughs> questions. They're like, Are you killing people? Are you <laughs> dream reaper? I'm like, No, we are not killing people. Um uh, but a death doula is exactly what it sounds like. So when you th- when you hear the word doula, you think of the birthing world. You know, uh, primarily a woman who um, supports an individual as they're giving birth, right? Non medical, taking them through all the um, all the ups and downs and feelings and experiences that come with giving birth. And um, I am just at the opposite end of the spectrum. So a death doula is someone who um, companions the dying as they transition from this world to the next. And um, yeah, so it is a non-medical role. So, um, and we can get into that, but doulas can offer medical services. So like there are nurses, there are social workers, different people who have who are doulas as well. But the core of the uh, role is non-medical. And it is a person who's simply companioning um, individuals as they're transitioning from this life to the next. Um, it is someone who, so even the, the root word doula is basically a servant. It's someone who shows up and um, serves someone in whatever role they need at that time. Um, I just, cho- I just choose to do it at death because, you know, I, and we'll probably talk about it, but um, I just really feel like the way our society um, experiences death Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you know, unnecessary grief, increased anxiety, um, loneliness, depression, all these things. Um, and, lo- and loss is hard, right? But um, Adula is there to alleviate some of that suffering as much as possible. Um, we actually call it, um, like in the birthing world, um, when a woman is in labor, um, we call it laboring death. We, we're helping to um, make it as peaceful and as graceful of a process as necessary, as possible, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how I got here. Um, we could be here. We could be here all day. <laughs> but I'll give you the. Uh, we got forty five minutes. We got forty five minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, like most people who enter into you know um, death work, um, I've had my own. I've had my own losses. My first was um, I was seven years old when my mother was hit by a car. Um, in front of me. We were crossing the street to my grandmother's home in Connecticut and she died at my feet. Really traumatic, really, um, really hard experience. And um, like the like the author Maya Angelou and I Know What a Cage Bird Sings, I, I went mute for almost a year, stopped speaking. Um, and um, I can laugh about it now, but my dad put me in counseling and the counselor gave me, he didn't know what to do with me because <laughs> I wouldn't talk to him. <laughs> I refuse to talk to him, but um, he gave me a notebook and a pencil and said, "Write until you feel better." Mm-hmm. And I've been doing I've been doing it ever since. Um, and so I've always found myself in this world of um, wanting to be a writer, but also, you know, in grief and loss. Um, I was that teenager; people were inviting funerals for some odd reason, um, and just was very comfortable navigating grief. Um, and as I got older, I just wanted to figure out a way to be to be able to um, marry the two pra- marry the two practices and um, supporting individuals because I knew I knew how much I needed support um, mm-hmm. through that experience. And um, so I became a writer and um, went on. It wasn't actually until about 2015, 2014, 2015, where I started to um, volunteer in hospice as a as a volunteer. And then I read, I was scrolling through Instagram one day and I came across a book someone had posted um, called Caring for the Dying by Henry First Girl Weiss. And it's the, the doula approach to end of life. And it was just like, you know, the Lord opened up my eyes to my tribe. Um, and I was like, I didn't know what this was, but I ordered the book, read it and just fell in love. And, um, he he Henry Henry Firstwell Weiss had created the um, International End of Life Doula Association. So they trained people to be able to companion others as they're um, as they are, you know, going through the death process. And um, so I took the book. Um, I eventually I signed on to take their training, and um, that was about four years ago when I became uh, trained and certified as an end of life doula, and um, and really just jumped into the world the world mm-hmm. um i've always been an entrepreneur at heart i never wanted to work in nine to five um but i knew i i know i wanted to build a business around um supporting individuals and writing for individuals as a as they grieve and as they go through their process so yeah that's my <laughs> that's my that's story <laughs> yeah yeah that and that in and of itself is amazing um because I, I know what thing one thing that came out of the um at the conference one of the questions one of the one the one of the last questions was is this something um how do we get here right how do how do we because it's not something that i would have like i said i would have never thought about Mm -hmm. a death doula (laughs) let's let's be real at the same time i would have never Mm -hmm. thought about me about being a bereavement coach or or a grief a grief support specialist and um, so when people ask that question, I mean, you've, you've answered and you touched on it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You it just made sense. Right. Because um, 
it's, it's when you get here, it's like you have this aha moment. Like this is yeah. where we're supposed to be. This is what we're supposed Absolutely. to be doing. Um, even though, even when it gets hard, mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> we still know that yes. this is the place that God has um put this is the path that God has placed us on. Um, and I think one of the biggest questions um that, that mm-hmm. came up the di- that day uh was how do we how do we navigate it? How do we navigate this world and not take on the world and bring it to the house mm-hmm. and bring it home? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a great question. Um first let me say I I I understand the sentiment of like, you know, this is like, this is an amazing thing. But at at the same time, I I like to challenge people and say, like, people have been supporting individuals through death since people been dying. Right. It's something that we it's something that we naturally know how to do. And, you know, I think society puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on um the dying process and makes it harder in, in ways. And that can be a whole nother discussion. But um, I think we, we intrinsically know that when someone has lost someone that we are supposed to show up, you know, mm-hmm. we, we may not, we, we might not know how to do that. Right. And in, um, in any particular way, but something in us t- says, okay, they've lost someone. They've lost something that they love. And, and now's the time for me to be of support. Um, but yes, it is really, really important that at the same time, we don't want to, we don't want to navigate this world by just, you know, carrying these heavy heavy burdens by ourselves all the time. Not like you said, not bringing it home. And I think one of the things, one of the ways that even in the end of life doula trainings that we teach is that self-care is really, really important. And not just manicures and pedicures and massages. Like, that's all great. But really realizing that you are worthy of being cared for. You are worthy of, of taking care of yourself holistically. And once you realize that, you realize that, like, even in this work, oh, there are boundaries. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, there are things that I need to be aware of so that I'm not taking on all this this unnecessary energy um realizing that like someone's de- someone else's death experience is their experience it's not mine right i'm there to support but i'm not there to um to take on you know their struggle or or even try to fix it because that's that's a part of the problem too we're not we're not there to fix the grief we're there to support them through it um so there, yeah, there's a, there's so much that goes into um, being being able to take on a loss, but not not carrying it, um, not carrying it ourselves. Yeah. I like that. Um, we're not here to fix the grief, because um, and that's the thing. And people, and that's and I think that's the biggest misnomer that we we fix. We're going. We're here to fix it. We're not. Yeah. And um, um, like I said, we I, we said this before uh, in one of my classes. It said, um, "Grief is death. Grief is as unique as your thumbprint." So, mm-hmm. so <clears throat> excuse me. So, none of us are going to grieve the same way. Mm-hmm. We have to understand it and 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 get that. And that um, don't beat yourself up because 
you're still crying mm. a year later. Yeah. Listen, you you said it yourself. When your mom passed, yep. you didn't yep. you just stop talking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um and in the case and you and you mentioned um my Angel's book. When I read that, I was like, she had a traumatic experience and she just mm-hmm. stopped. Yeah. And that's yeah. um because there was no one to say, hey, what you're experiencing is normal. Oh, let me, oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. to say, if you want to talk, if you you have a question that you want to ask Brother Drew, um, and do you prefer Drew or Garrett, or does it matter? It doesn't matter. To, uh, <laughs> family family and friends call me Drew. Freshly, uh, people call me Garrett. I answer to either one. So don't <laughs> well, you'll make me late for dinner, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes. If you want to have, if you have a question for him, um, please, by all means, dial in um, 888-627-6008 and we will bring you online. I'm sorry, my eyes itching. Um, it's been doing that. So I apologize for that. Um, but <laughs> but how, how, when you decided, and I, and I know, I know your family, I know, of course, I know your family, I know your wife. Um, what did she say? Did she, I mean, I mean, um, was she supportive? Was she like, are you losing your mind? Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, believe it or not, she was very, very supportive. Um, so we've always been a, a couple who were people centered. You know, what I mean, like we that, you know, we've both we've both taken on jobs that we hated <laughs> over the years. Um, you know, just to be just to be real. But um, but no, she was very supportive and, and I think she knew the heart of um you know, my, my grief journey and my, um, and my desire to, you know, alleviate suffering for people. Um, so yeah, she was very, very supportive. Still, still is. And she's like, we, we, it's funny. We, we have like conversations about, um, our funerals and, and the like all the time. Like it's, it's a funny thing, even with the kids, like they know at our youngest is 10 years old and he, he already knows that like, Oh yeah, Dad's funeral. He wants Joe, Joe Scott's um song "Golden" to be the last song. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's hilarious. It's hilarious some of the conversation, but I think it you know it it normalizes the conversations for them, mm-hmm. and that's and that's really really important to us. Um, we take some of the you know some of the pressure off of what it means to die and to lose people. Um, so that you know, so that people don't feel as the kids and other people don't feel like don't feel an unnecessary like pressure. Un- unnecessary, like mm-hmm. you're allowed to grieve in whatever way you need to for however long you need to. You know, yeah. I just want we've always wanted to make that very, very um, apparent. So, yeah, I'm lucky. I have a very, very supportive family. <laughs> Listen, your wife is amazing. <laughs> Yes, she is. Yes, she is. She gets on my nerves sometimes, but she is. <laughs> it's not her. Then it's yeah. not her. Then it's not her. <laughs> she's amazing. We um. I, anyway, I, I have to get her to come on at some point as well. But we do have a question. Hey, Sister Mary, how you doing? Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. I got to get with you too, Mary. Um. Um, soon in a couple of weeks, but listen. So Mary is a um, chaplain um, out in California, and uh, we connected. Golly, last year I think she was on one of my she was on one of my shows last year. Amazing, amazing, amazing mom and mom mother and how she does it. I 
You know, if you think my world is crazy, she got, um, she, she, she be holding down and she still makes time to get to the gym. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, she's my my shero. She really is. But she has a question. She said, how does a dying person find out about you, um, or a doula, a death doula? How do you, how does it, I mean, again, cause this is, this isn't a concept. Is this, and how, is this a new concept? Is this a new thing? It is so. It is uh, to be to be honest. It is fairly new. So the movement is only about, gosh, forty years old. Um, so it it is still something that is um, you know kind of up and coming and com- new on people's radars. Even the birth doula world, like you know, it didn't it didn't really explode until late seventies, mm-hmm. mid or mid, mid, late seventies. Um, so it is a fairly new concept. Um, so there's a number of ways that people can um, connect with a doula. Um, so it is a still a still a growing industry, and there's a number of organizations across the country who are kind of spearheading it. Um, my organization, Inelda, um, International End of Life Doula Association, is one of them. And um, so we teach seventy. I, we teach seventy to eighty. Train seventy to eighty doulas three times a month and have been doing that for gosh, 20 years. Um, but you know, there's a directory that you can find trained doulas in your area on, on their website. Um, there's a number of other organizations who also have directories. Um, but most doulas are most death doulas are, you know, local people who, so they're working with hospices, they're working with, um, social, um, social organizations um and connecting that way in grassroots so it is you know it there have been you know nationwide articles and, and different things on that field movement but they are very community-based um so often you find them you know serving like hands-on so my, like my services for example some of some of them are you know nationwide others are i would say the majority of it is um Central Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania based, um, probably 70% Central Pennsylvania. Um, and that's important because, you know, it's a very personal, it's a very personal work. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to connect with the people around you, um, your community, um, the organizations that are, you know, close to you. So um, you can find, you can, connect, most hospices now know about that doula, so you can always find out. Um, about them through there, but um, we do a lot of word mouth marketing, um, you know, social media, um, email newsletters, stuff like that. Um, but I can definitely like share information about some of the major organizations that have um, that are you know kind of marketing uh, doula services. So let me ask this question. Um, hi, Miss Sheila. How are you, Miss Sheila? Michael? Michael? Nickel? Oh, that's my aunt. <laughs> that's my aunt. <laughs> hey, auntie. <laughs> um, so my question, um, I guess the biggest question, well, I should say, I mean, I shouldn't, because I keep saying the biggest question, but one of the questions that I do have, what is a day in the life? What's a day in the life look like for a doula? Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great question. Um, so every client is different. Every um, situation that you find yourself in is completely different. Um, Sometimes I might meet someone who, you know, they've been given a terminal diagnosis and, you know, it's like a year out. 
Um, other times I might be, meet someone who's inactive dying and it's probably like 12 to 24 hours um, mm-hmm. left in life. So, um, so every case is different. Um, most doulas really are, um, depending on if they're in private practice, because some work in tandem with a, a hospital, with a hospice or um, a community organization. Um, in private practice, it looks like entrepreneurship. <laughs> it looks like running a small business. Um, it looks like being tired all the time. <laughs> um, but you know, so I might I might wake up and you know have a couple clients scheduled for the day, and it could be. Um, you know, it could be a one to two hour session with three people. It could be um, if I'm sitting vigil um, or sitting bedside, um, that might be eight hours straight, you know, um, again, depending on the situation. Um, but that's, again, that's really important because everybody's situation is different and what they might and what a, what a doula even might be providing to them on a, on a regular basis um, would be different. So, like as example, as a writer, I'm I, my doula practice specializes in writing memoir for the terminally terminally ill. So I write life stories. So I might be sitting with a client who has you know six months to live, and we and I might be writing their life story. So it might be an hour and a half of interviewing, two to three times a week. Um, it might be doing advanced directives, which I'm a big believer in of getting our getting our affairs in order as much as possible, especially in the African American community, because um, we just don't do it, you know. If, um, unless, yeah, unless we are pushed, we just we just don't want to even think about the end. Um, you know, it might be you know helping them with their uh, living will or their medical proxy, figuring out what that is. Um, it might be something as simple as a half hour conversation on, you know, someone who's grieving and, and I'm checking in to see, Hey, what was this week like for you? You know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's all very different, but it is something that is, um, yeah, I'm again, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So I just love making my own schedule and, and all that. Listen, um, this is he's this is good. If you want to talk to him, the number is scrolling right down, scrolling, scrolling, yeah. scrolling. And you can actually we'll actually bring you on to ask your question as well. It's 888-627-6008 or 323-744-7831. Um, so now that's I mean, I just that's amazing what you do. It really yeah. is, but um, mm-hmm. we have to talk about this other thing that you have going on, this Uh-oh. book that you have. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I, did yes. not, I did not get the opportunity to get when um, we was there, so I need to get a book. Um, yes, but tell absolutely. us about your book, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I actually shared the, the story that is based on R.A. It's called um, Write Until You Feel Better. Journal prompts for writing through grief and depression, and what it is is it's a collection of some of the prompts, some of the questions um, that have really been instrumental in my life and how I and how I use them to um, write until I feel better. And so it is really just an offering of something that someone who's experienced depression. I had a I had a, I have an experience. I have a lot of experience with depression. Um, it was something that I battled pretty much all our life. And um, again, writing, um, besides our faith, was has been huge um, in in helping me to navigate that. And 
really it's something that you it's this book is something that you can pick up um on any given day flip through it and find a find a prompt to like get you in that space of being reflective and you know just kind of working on some of the inner turmoil um there are things like you know today we're going to write down 50 people that you love um you know or 50 reasons why you want to live um Mm. and you can you can't repeat them right Mm. (laughs) you can't or um you know it could be something as simple as um when you see the word heaven what comes up for you or Mm. you know or questions like um you know there's a quote that i love um from c.s lewis's book um a grief observed it says the opening line is no one told me grief felt so much like fear mm. does you does your and the, and the question for the day might be does your grief feel like fear and write about it you know so it's and then i have some essays and different things about you know some of the experiences that i've um that i've had and how i was able to write my way through it um and so yeah it's been it's been a great journey with it um a lot of good response um is is really doing well and i've just been blessed to to you know have that offering yeah, I was man. I was listening at the conference because, like I said, we were just. Mm-hmm. He was. He was one of our panelists at the Expressions yeah. of Grief conference um, here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It was that was an amazing, amazing, amazing. Yes, it it yes, was beyond it was. our expectation. I'm not even going to mm-hmm. lie. Um, and my the class that was mine because I my job was to bring everybody back to center, and so they didn't leave heavy. Mm-hmm. And um, they told me I had 20 people. I prepared for 25, and I still. Mm-hmm. Didn't have I still ran out okay. of oh, of what we amazing. did. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, had, we were yeah. able to. So it was it was really it really was. And and we talked about grief mm-hmm. in the African American community. And mm-hmm. one of the things that um that um came up that had that came out was um we don't and why we did it was because we don't we don't do this in in our, in our community not just the african american community but the christian community we don't we don't mm-hmm. allow yeah. people to break we 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 all there's there's always that sermon that um god will use your broken pieces but no one wants to have the they won't let people have broken pieces mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 yep. <laughs> really they don't want to see the broken pieces they just want to uh-huh. see that Humpty Dumpty was put back together again. They don't care how, but they just yeah. want to see the finished product and they don't want to see that this journey took something. Um, so, and, and I know that you're, you're a believer as well. And, and um, so how does, how do you, are, are you able to marry the two, I mean, your, your faith with what you do with people, or is that a time that people are accepting of, hearing about um god or anything like that at the, towards their end or is it just like they're they're fighting it the whole way through yeah yeah um it's definitely something that you know i i knew that i wanted to incorporate from the very beginning um it is something that i wanted to be careful of you know be for for numerous reasons for for reasons outside from inside and outside of the church um you know so I've really based my business off of Second Corinthians one, um, 
verse three, where it says that God is the father of mercies and the God of all comfort, right? So I really believe that as believers, he calls us to comfort everyone, both the believer and the unbeliever. Right. To show right to show up as um you know, to take opportunities to share the faith when when they are there and when they are open. Um, but at the same time, if there's no um if there's no response to it, I'm gonna serve that person the same way that I would serve a brother in the church. Right. Um people forget that the good Samaritan was actually outside of the Jewish community, right? right. He wasn't someone he wasn't someone that um people normally wanted to serve. And it doesn't even say that he had a good response, right? They didn't, it didn't. It doesn't say that he he was thankful. It said that the the person who um, was his neighbor was the one who served him. And so it's it's really important for me to make sure that um, God is displayed and God is glorified, regardless of the response from him, right? Um, but yet at the same time, it is really. It is really a beautiful, beautiful thing when someone um, recognizes that from the Christian perspective, this is your last opportunity to get it right, um, to get with the Lord. And I remember one um, one client I had, um, honestly, I've, I only knew her for about two and a half weeks, but we, we talked on the phone for a, a couple of times um, before we actually met. And the first time that I got to be with her was when she she was dying of stage four metastatic breast cancer and um, breast and brain cancer. And the first time I got to meet her was when she was being baptized on her in in bed on her on her deathbed. And um, sacred sacred moment, sacred um, sacred important moment. Um, so I don't take those I don't take those opportunities lightly. Um, and I know that they're very, very important to the person and to, and to the Lord. Um, but yeah, I think the church sometimes doesn't do a great job in how we interact with the world, especially right. in grief, right? Exactly. We don't, yeah, we don't allow, you know, we don't allow church members to break and we definitely don't allow everyone the else leaders. to break, right? Oh, right. Or, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Or, we, or we're beating them over the head trying to get them saved and not not recognizing that like oh they're bleeding they're hungry like you know I me mean? they're they're suffering let me let me do what i can about that right yeah, they, can't, and, um, they, they, don't, they, they want the whole person not the not the broken person yeah, they want to minister yeah. to the whole not the broken yeah yeah which god is the opposite right right and the broken can't hear you until they're whole <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, I used I used the the song from um, um, from uh, Tyler Perry. When the heart is free, you make good decisions. Mm-hmm. But if you're in pain, if if, if and, and and that's the loudest thing that's screaming at me, I can't hear anything you you're saying. I can't even hear you telling yep. me that God mm-hmm. loves me because yeah. the pain yeah. is is drowning out. Mm-hmm. Everything else, and or and or, and I see your question, Miss Sheila. I'm asking in just a second, mm-hmm. um, and I can. Um, but we're drowning. We're we drowning it out, and we're so concerned. And again, I'm a preacher, just like mm-hmm. you. We're ministers, and um, my job. And a good friend of mine um, that I met, and when she said this, when I first my church in my home church in Georgia, 
when she said that it stuck, when she was on praise and worship, I don't know what she was singing that day. I still don't to this day don't know what that woman was singing. She was leading praise and worship. But the, yes. when she said, we're the only Bible that some people will see, yes. that stuck with me forever because I can tell you, mm-hmm. but unless if I'm not showing it to you, yeah. Yeah. What difference does it make? So my job is, um, in your in your in your area, my area, people. It doesn't matter if they're Hindu, Muslim, Buddhist. Mm-hmm. My job is to show the love of Christ, and yes. then hopefully, if something mm-hmm. then comes of that, or if they see that seed planted, and if yeah. that opens up the door. But I don't. I also say I don't. I don't shy away from my faith. I don't say because because when mm-hmm. they me, I said, listen, it's but by the grace of God that I'm even standing up here to be able to talk to you. Because yeah, for real, yeah. for real. Mm-hmm. I was mad at Jesus. I was mad at God for taking my best friend because I'm like, you play too much. Yeah. I don't want to talk mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing too much. So in that, in my brokenness, I would have broke somebody else because I, I wasn't yeah. here. <laughs> that's you know that's good. Mean? Yeah. Because yeah. um, they're like, well, you know, Troy, mm-mm. Because there was nothing I could give anybody because I wasn't whole. I wasn't able, I wasn't even standing up on my own two feet, which is, but then at the same time, I didn't have anybody in the community, the church community to say, Troy, it's okay for you to be angry. Um, It's okay because God said it's okay to be angry, but sin not. Um, But we want to, you want me to just be, be uh, sucking and jiving and like, Mm-hmm. To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. God loves yep. you best. I don't want to hear any of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so because yeah. of this, um, I, uh, I, um, I, I, I minister differently. And I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that because I think we do. We just want to, um, we want to give them a quick Band-Aid and just like, okay, you scraped your knee. Now you should be good. Mm-hmm. Let me give you some 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 a thyroid comb, some a thyroid comb and some some dioxide <laughs> and you yeah. know and get the yeah. surface, but it's not surface. Mm-hmm. And we have, and we, in this, in this area, we're going, we, we have to go deeper than that. Yeah. Um, so Ms. Sheila's question yeah. is how many levels is it to grieving? Mm. Um, that, that's a, that's a great that's question. A really good question. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I kind of alluded to this at the, um, at the conference, but so, we all know the five stages of grief, grief by mm-hmm. Elizabeth Kubler Ross. Um, right. I could anger, you know, all that stuff. Our society has taught us that when we're grieving, we go through these levels and then you arrive on the out on the other side. That is not true. Miss Ross, when she created it, didn't even want it presented that way. It's not mm-hmm. a line from here to there, it is a circle. And so um, you might find yourself grieving and perhaps in a different way and maybe not as intensely as you know the moment your loved one died, but you might find yourself mad, you might find yourself depressed, you might find yourself at acceptance, you might find yourself bargaining at any point mm-hmm. in the process, at any point in your life. So mm-hmm. my, mother, my mother died, gosh, 32 years ago now, 30, wow. th- yeah, 32, 33 years ago now. And 
you know, my grief has looked different over the years, right? Um, I remember there was a point in time where I was grieving, like I didn't know who she was as an individual. I didn't know who she was as a mother. Uh, the initial just shock of the, you know what I mean? Like all these different nuances to, you know, we have teenagers now and I'm like, oh, wow, they've only known one of their grandmothers all their life. Mm. You know what I mean? So, and so, you know, all these different types of losses come up at any, at any given time. And so, but we teach people that, oh, you're supposed to get, you know, at some point you're supposed to get over it and move on. Right. And and that's just not true. And I, and that's not fair to, um, that's not fair to people. Um, and the crazy thing, God, the crazy thing is God doesn't even do that. Right. He doesn't even, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, you know, just forget about, you know, that was, that was 30 years ago. You could, you could forget about it now. Um, so I don't know if there's phases, um, but, you know, in the different types of losses, I think that you could find yourself at any, at one of them at any given time. And if you are grieving in a healthy way, I think you can find yourself at acceptance for longer periods of time. Right. Um, to where it's not, you know, so overwhelming that you can't function on a daily basis. Right. And I agree. I agree with you. It's not, um, if I can add to it, um, Kubler-Ross, it's because what what was not, I think with with Kubler-Ross, it didn't a lot, a lot for or allow for the living through the loss of it. Um, And that's, and I think that's when um, Dave Kessler, um, you're, you're very welcome. That's when Dave Kessler uh, coin living through living loss, and I didn't even know that when I wrote my book, um, mm. uh, Souls Has Learning to Live Through Loss. I didn't, this this before I knew who Kubler Ross. I mean, I knew Kubler Ross, but I never knew who Dave Kessler was. Mm-hmm. And even now yeah. that I'm in uh, uh, my master's for Thanatology, uh, Thanatology, I always mess up this, this anyway. Death, grief, and dying. My master's. <laughs> um, it's not, and you're right. You should. We want it to be linear, and it's not. It's not. It's not something that's like okay. Today I'm good. Tomorrow I'm not. Um, uh, uh, today I'm at bargaining because again, mm-hmm. in the in the Kubler Rosses, when you have for me, like I, I tell people all the time, when my best friend passed, I didn't have the opportunity to bargain. Mm-hmm. Um, I had. I went straight yeah. to anger. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I went to yeah. anger yeah. and acceptance because he died of a heart attack. Right. Like mm-hmm. so, I didn't have mm-hmm. that opportunity mm-hmm. to to go through these particular stages. And I think that's any loss, right? We don't get the opportunity to actually roll through. Um, the, yeah. So that's why she was, that's why she said, she was like, this is not something that's written in stone. This is, mm-hmm. these exactly. are things that people experience at a different time, a different uh, place in life. Um, mm-hmm. And to your point, um, you, you will. And that's why we, when we talk about it, we have our four R's. And always the the last one being the last R being repeat because Mm -hmm. you're never, you're always going to have a time when um, something may trigger you and you can't, and we're not. And again, when when I was really mad, when, like I said, when, when I was in training and it's like, Hey, spoiler alert, grief never goes away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yep. It was different, but it never goes away Um, because, but it, the, the intensity of it, yeah. The intensity of it is different, um, but the 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 loss because you're always going to long for that person, right? You're always going to want yeah. that person to be in the room. Yeah, and we exactly. have to just understand that um, 
they're just and and uh uh, uh Paul Cal Calio, I'm, I might pronounce his name wrong. One of his mm-hmm. his sayings was, um, we never lose the death. And I'm paraphrasing, we never lose the person um, when someone dies. They're just in another room, and we mm-hmm. just have to understand. They just we we can't they, we can't see them. They're there, but they're just sitting in another room. But we can still listen to them. We can still talk to them. It's as if they're behind the door, and you're and you're whispering at that door, hey. And there, and in in your mind's eye, you can hear some of the things and pull back up to what they're saying. Um, so yeah, um, don't think of it as, and that's another thing we need to we need as 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 we work in this world. Don't think of it as a stage or or a level or any of that. Um, we are coming up on time. Let's yeah. see. Oh, Sheila's a caller on line one. Do you want me to bring you? Let me um, let me bring you in. What my what my got to say? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, are you there? Hello. Yes, yes. ma'am. Hi. Hi, pretty Aunt Sheila. Hi, hi, Garrett. Um, thank you very much for this platform. Um, you know, I've been going through grief since your mother. Um, that was like my first grief. And then um, now, since my oldest sister passed, um, it was very hard. But I like what you said when you said it has to be a healthy grief. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I've been so depressed where I can't even function mm-hmm. yeah. when yeah. I lose someone in um, my life. And I just want to thank you for that um, that um, message about, you know, the healthy part of it. Yeah. You know, the living yeah. part of it, because yeah. I always yeah. gave up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, we got we still we definitely we still have to live. We still have to learn yeah. to learn to thrive and to just navigate life. Knowing that something essential has, you know, someone essential has, you know, isn't there anymore. But um, yeah, but yeah, but but it doesn't mean that we don't grieve and we don't we don't long for that person. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. And the only bad grief yeah. is when it's not done. Yeah. That's what tell, that's why we call that's why we um we call this good grief. That's why my, my center is called the Good Grief Healing Center, because the only bad grief is yeah. when it's not being done and it's not being talked about. And um, you know, the old saying yeah. is more room out than there is in. So we gotta get yeah. it out so that it can be healed. Yeah. Yes. Yes, ma'am. And like, thank, thank you, you for us black, you know, you. in a community of black people, we don't do that. And I thank you for this platform. Love you too, yes, Garrett. <laughs> Love you thank too. you so much. Okay. Thank you for calling in. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you again. Thank you. All right. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It works. We got a person in. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We are wrapping up. We are getting ready to wrap yes. up. Um, so, Garrett, please tell everybody where um, where they can find your book, where they can find you, um, yeah. all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So the book is on Amazon. If you just search um, Right Until You Feel Better, you'll find it there. Um, my website is, so my business is called Beyond Morning. Um you know, I have a belief that there is something beyond the morning. So beyondwarning.org. And that is M M O R N I N G. Um another thing you can look out for is I actually have a new book coming up in about two, three months. Um 
It's called uh, Life and Legacy, Conversation Prompts for Writing a Life Story. And so this is opportunities for families and individuals to sit down and ask questions of one another um, to be able to document these life stories and um, and heal through grief that way. So, um, but yeah, I'm on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, all at, um, at Beyond Morning. Awesome. But thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you. And listen, tell your wife, I need her to, um, his wife, I mean, man, she got, <laughs> hey, Miss Hilda. Um, yes. She got this, she got this whole spoken word thing down pat. Yeah. So thank you. I'll tell, thank she, you, I'll tell her she's you. up next. Thank she you. She is. Tell her sometime in May. See what, whatever works to make for her. Um, my guest for next month, uh, next month, my next, my, my, my next show is on April 20th. Um, and my guest, her name is Miss Eleanor. She is the um, founder. She's a grief support person as well. Um, and she is a, uh, her, her, the name of her organization is There's Bigger Fish to Fry. Love her. She's amazing. She's so funny. Um, but she's great. But she's a grief. She's, she, she lost, um, her husband and her son in the car accident, car accident. But she's again turned her, her pain into purpose. And that's what we try to do. Now, let me see. I'm going to bring something on, online before I, before we go. Let me see if I can share this. Oh, I need that help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Got me dancing. <laughs> well, you know, this is um this is a song that we use. Uh, hey beautiful Miss Hilda, you're beautiful yourself. Um listen, I need a I need I need I need I need I need I need your help. Um my go- my goal this year is to, to um to to get 10 10k YouTube subscribers. I said you have to pick a platform. The only one I'm trying to learn is YouTube at this point. I don't want to learn mm-hmm. the rest of them. Um yes. so if you can, if you feel the need, if you feel like to do so, could you please, could you please, 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 please it's at Just Troy, because I'm at Just Troy everywhere, um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Like I said, I'm just trying to see if I can uh, push myself to this this 10K mark um, yeah. by the end of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, uh, so I appreciate if you can do that for me. Good, thank you. That um, we had that's the music that we had for. We have two different ones. Next next time I play my other one. Um, I has I had some music created for for my for my for my um for my sessions for the people that I work with. But I was like, I might as well just use it here too. Um, but thank you all for tuning in. Next, yes. like I said, we'll be back here in two weeks. We'll be on um. April 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 twentieth, and again, my guest will be Miss Eleanor Bigger Fish to Fry from Miss from Texas. She is hilarious. You're gonna love talking to her. But um, again, feel free if you want to if you need to have any questions for me, you can reach me at any social at Just Troya, or my email is hello at JustTroya.com. Um, and I can and, and again, we can. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to give us a call. But with that said, thank you. Let's real quickly, God, we thank you for this for this um, program. We thank you for. Um, for Garrett coming on the program and all those who um, are listening. We appreciate you, Lord. We love you. We honor you and we bless you. All these things we say in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.